Blog Talk Radio. I'm speaking to you at what I know is an increasingly challenging time. A time of disruption in the life of our country. A disruption that has brought grief to some, financial difficulties to many, and enormous changes to the daily lives of us all. I want to thank everyone on the NHS frontline, as well as care workers and those carrying out essential roles who selflessly continue their day-to-day duties outside the home in support of us all. I'm sure the nation will join me in assuring you that what you do is appreciated and every hour of your hard work brings us closer to a return to more normal times. I also want to thank those of you who are staying at home, thereby helping to protect the vulnerable and sparing many families the pain already felt by those who have lost loved ones. Together we are tackling this disease, and I want to reassure you that if we remain united and resolute, then we will overcome it. I hope in the years to come, everyone will be able to take pride in how they responded to this challenge. And those who come after us will say the Britons of this generation were as strong as any, that the attributes of self-discipline, of quiet, good-humoured resolve, and of fellow feeling still characterise this country. The pride in who we are is not a part of our past. It defines our present and our future. The moments when the United Kingdom has come together to applaud its care and essential workers will be remembered as an expression of our national spirit. And its symbol will be the rainbows drawn by children. Across the Commonwealth and around the world, we have seen heartwarming stories of people coming together to help others, be it through delivering food parcels and medicines, checking on neighbors, or converting businesses to help the relief effort. And though self-isolating may at times be hard, many people of all faiths and of none are discovering that it presents an opportunity to slow down, pause and reflect in prayer or meditation. It reminds me of the very first broadcast I made in 1940, helped by my sister. We as children spoke from here at Windsor to children who had been evacuated from their homes and sent away for their own safety. Today, once again, many will feel a painful sense of separation from their loved ones. But now as then, we know deep down that it is the right thing to do. While we have faced challenges before, this one is different. This time we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavor, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. We will succeed and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, 
better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. Good afternoon, everyone in America and around the world. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and I am your host, John Hollywood. People all my life have doubted me. They Then came the success of my first company at 19 years old. Now I've been on the radio for over 18 years with two different number one shows. Luckily, we have been blessed that way. Now I'm being asked, what is next? My response was very easy. In the words of the iconic Madonna, I want to rule the world. I want to do it in a different way, however. I want to educate the world with the truth where our country is right now. I am ready for the challenge. The question is, do you want to come along for the journey of your life with me? We shall see as All You Need to Know Radio starts right now.
And welcome to All You Need to Know Radio on this very special edition. Um, The Queen of England opened our show because we have no leadership in this country that doesn't lie to us. So I saw her speech. She gives very few speeches. And when I saw it, I was completely taken back by the fact of how she made you feel safe how she made you feel that everything was going to be okay. And it is going to be okay. A lot of people are going to die. Um, A lot of people are infected. But we will get through this because we are a strong country. But you need to listen to the doctors and the scientists and not all the background noise, if you know what I mean. Today we have a very special show. We have Kevin Miller with TexasLending.com, the president of TexasLending.com. And, uh, God, man, they're just, they've won so many awards, I can't even list all of them. Um, we want to ask him, as a mortgage expert, that how is the coronavirus actually uh, affecting his business? Not only his business, but how, how is the mortgage industry handling this situation where we've never been before and it's scary guys have you ever been quarantined to your house that's where we are in dallas texas and most of the country are right now so we're going to take a quick little break and when we come back we are going to have a very special guest um Kevin Miller uh, with TexasLending.com. So once again, if you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio. We want to welcome everybody in America and around the world, our friends in Brazil, Iran, Switzerland, the United Kingdom. Thank you so much for making us the number one show in the world. And we'll be right back. I'm John Hollywood, your host. Get ready for Kevin Miller.
Less than two years ago, mortgage rates were between 55 and 6%. Do you know right now mortgage rates are nearly half of that? You can call TexasLending.com and may be able to drop your mortgage rate in half. Call 972-387-4600 or go online and apply with TexasLending.com. If you save just 1% on a $240,000 mortgage loan, you may save up to $200 every month in interest. Apply that savings towards your mortgage. Pay it off faster. Call TexasLending.com today, 972-387-4600. We won the Consumer's Choice Award for the last 13 years. Call right now. Talk with a live person for a free quote, 972-387-4600, TexasLending.com. When you think mortgage, think TexasLending.com. 4100 Alpha Road, Suite 300, Dallas, Texas, 75244. NMLS number 137773, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back, everybody, to All You Need to Know Radio, and I am being told by our producers that we do, in fact, have the one, the only, Kevin Miller, the president of TexasLending.com. How you doing, Kevin? Doing good, Mr. Hollywood. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. So, um... I was reading on your website. You you guys have already been prepared for the for for COVID nineteen. You have a whole section <laughs> that tells how you can apply for a mortgage, and you promise everybody that your computers are safe and they're free and untouchable. You want to explain that a little bit? Well, we we have about eighty percent of our staff working from home, and so we're all getting in unless there are certain things where we need copiers and scanners and things. And some of those people are there and some of the management's there. Uh, and then some other accounting type stuff where all the checks and stuff are at work. So they're, they're there at the office, but yeah, we're, um, we, you know, it's funny. People can call in to our receptionist and get transferred live to our loan officers who are working from their house. It's pretty cool. So are you seeing, an uptick in your business or save, is it stable or how is the mortgage industry in general handling the coronavirus? Man, I don't know how many people, understand, but it started out as a pretty promising March. Uh, the industry started out in a situation where the rates had dropped. The rates had dropped to about five and a quarter. Oh, I'm sorry, two and a quarter, two and a quarter on a 15 year mortgage. That's how low they were. We had seen their all-time low. They dropped to about a half percent lower than they ever had. That lasted for about two days. The volume that came in was a thousand percent of normal in March. This all started in March, 
the uh, the business increased by a thousand percent. And unfortunately, due to regulations and such, lenders we just can't hire people and train them. You know, a lot of loan officers have to be licensed. That can take three to six months. So we can't create new loan officers. Um, processors to process your loan have to have knowledge of law, experience, uh, computer, uh, mortgage software. They they can take six months to a year to create a new processor, and then underwriters typically can take three to four years minimum of experience in the business before they could possibly become an underwriter. So you basically had a thousand percent increase in refinances, but the same number of employees in the industry. That was that was, that was uh, interesting times number one because suddenly you had a you had just a bottleneck of loans coming in. And so immediately the servicers started raising the margins, which caused rates to increase from two and a quarter to three and a quarter in about a day. So rates rose about 1% because people couldn't take any more business in. On top of that, when we lock loans in the mortgage business, they have to be, when the mortgages are locked, they're locked against something. They're typically locked against a mortgage-backed security. And when that happens, John... When that happens, the mortgages that get floated, when the, when the rates move up and down, that 1,000% of the business, as it moves, then mortgage lenders have to start sending money on margin calls. Uh, and so what ended up happening in the month of March was pretty much all the cash that every lender in the country had got used to pay for margin calls because the Federal Reserve came in and bought so many mortgage bonds, it drove up the uh, the cost of, of holding on to mortgage locks. And, and mortgage companies went through millions and millions of dollars within about five days. The Fed did more harm than good. Uh, they caused margin calls in every lender in the country. Uh, all their cash went out the door for those margin calls. And, uh, and then it, it's mayhem. So, a lot of things have happened, and I know you haven't uh, you got, got me going here, and I haven't stopped talking yet. But a lot of mortgage programs that have been shuttered. Uh, there's mortgage programs that you know have gone away. Um, they won't be coming back anytime soon. Um, certain loan buckets have disappeared, uh, and so and certain lenders have already gone out of business. But I'm just going to say this: you say the queen made everyone feel good. What's going on in the mortgage business right now is um, uh, it's unknown what's going to happen. Uh, if they don't get people back to work in a couple of weeks, and I would figure that half of the mortgage lenders in the country will be out of business in three weeks. Well, let me ask you this. Um, remember years and years ago before the uh, – I even forgot what the loan was called now, the ARM you and I had the conversation. This can't keep going. It can't keep going. It's going to eventually crash. Remember? Yeah, the option and, arm. Um, and then, and then, what the happened? It crashed. The horrible thing. It crashed. Yeah, the option arm was a horrible thing. Um, it basically was a reverse mortgage for. Uh, <laughs> it was a reverse mortgage for people that were alive. It was basically adding interest on your mortgage every month and. So what started out as a $500,000 loan a year later was a $600,000 loan. That was a bad thing, bad for everybody, but it happened. 
are you happy with the way that the government is handling the situation? Do you think there's anything they could do better to make the Americans feel at ease about getting a mortgage? Um, people can get a mortgage. The problem is there are governors who are violating contract law. See, when you sign a mortgage, you sign a mortgage between a lender, and so you, the lender lends you money, you sign that, and then the lender sells the loan to Fannie Mae, and then you service the loan and forward the loan out, forward the, the, the interest and the principal on to Fannie Mae. The servicer just collects the money. They're servicing the loan. They're, they're they have the right to service and collect the money and send it to Fannie Mae, and then the lender gets to keep a very tiny, itty-bitty portion. John, do you know how much money a lender keeps per year when they sell a loan? To, when they sell the loan to Fannie Mae and they service the loan and they collect the payments, when they forward the interest on to Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae allows them to keep a certain percentage of interest every year on that mortgage, and that's the profit that the lender makes on servicing. How much money, how much money, whether the rate is at 7, 6, 3, or 2, regardless of the rate, the amount of interest that the lender gets to keep is exactly the same. How much money does a lender get to keep every year on your mortgage? That's way above my pay grade, my friend. That is your expertise. Okay, great. Well, a lender gets to keep one quarter of 1% of the loan amount. That's what servicers keep. That's how much money they make per year. So on a $200,000 hmm. loan, a lender gets to keep one quarter of 1%. They keep $500. That's a quarter percent. Of five hundred or two hundred thousand dollars. That's how much they get to keep per year. If they got to keep one percent, they can make two thousand dollars. They get to keep a quarter percent. The rest goes to Fannie Mae. So, here's the problem. This is why half of all lenders will be out of business within three weeks, because governors, the governor of New York came out yesterday and made a decree with his, with his whatever it is when he was sitting on the throne with his crown on said that they demand that every lender give every consumer the right to not make their mortgage payment for now, six months or a year. I thought it was 90 days. But what I also thought was the housing development financial division was going to be making those mortgage payments for those consumers. It didn't say that in the announcement that came out today from the attorneys that sent out the information. Hmm. Now, when you say that, so so what this law that was passed a couple of weeks ago, what came out, they said is that the banks and the servicers will be able to borrow money from the Federal Reserve to make the consumer's mortgage payments for them. Hmm. You know, that's what they put in writing, but this is not all said and done yet. And the lenders don't understand kind of interest they're going to pay. They don't understand, you know, whether they have to write down the value of the mortgage to zero if the consumer is not paying the mortgage. Right. If the consumer is no longer paying the mortgage, and since they weren't on the contract. Hey, Kevin, the, we, the, have, the, the, we have a caller that's calling in, and I have some people yes. researching about what Governor Como said yesterday. Let's see who this is, if this has anything to do with uh, what we're talking about. Hi, this is John Hollywood. You're on live with the president of TexasLending.com, Kevin Miller. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with, please? This is Jason and Misty from Landward Rogues. 
Hi, uh, Jason. Did you have a question about mortgages? I was or calling on for actually later. Show? Listening to the show, I'm calling in for a later piece. Okay, great. We'll, we'll put you on hold and we'll come back to you. So let's see here, Kevin. From what my understanding was, it was that Governor Como signed an executive order that was saying that uh, no consumers needed to pay their mortgages, rentals, utilities, any of their bills, because the coronavirus was not the public's fault. It was the government's misjudgment, and that's why he was doing it. But what I'm trying to do is said was the government's misjudgment? You know what the misjudgment is? By giving consumers – by telling them they get to violate their contract, they don't have not signed a contract with the governor of New York. They signed a contract with Fannie Mae and the lender. The governor's the government name is not on the note. And now what happens is when the consumer doesn't pay, does the lender now have to write down the value of the loan to zero? Do their asset values for the mortgage company go to zero? If their asset values go to zero, then they're out of business. Okay, so who, let me who told them how they're going what, what, what to – what do they get to do with the value of the mortgage that they have on their books as an asset? Is it no longer an asset if the consumer is not going to pay? So, I mean those are some did, good questions. Did, did Fannie Mae write the forbearance, or did the governor of New York make a decree because he's not on the note? Yeah, I think that he did an executive order is what it says. It says uh, mortgage okay, payments no and foreclosures. Then all lenders, will stop, all lenders will stop doing business in New York. Uh, that's probably true. I mean, you're saying a lot of things. You won't, that make a, you won't get a mortgage in New York. You can't get a mortgage in New York because if I mean, a, a government can come in and tell people to stop making their payment without having the lender having any knowledge of how they're going to. Because we're regulated, and when we're regulated, when a consumer starts paying on the mortgage, you got to write the value of the asset down. When you write the value of the asset down, your credit lines get pulled. When your credit lines get pulled, you can't loan on lend on loans. If no one's going to pay, then the value of the loan is zero. Lenders can't lend. It was not the lender's fault that the coronavirus came. They're, they, they are putting all the onus of paying everyone's payments on mortgage lenders. Now, consumer, here, here's what needs to happen. They need to come out and say, here's what needs to happen. They need to come out and say, okay, it's not just the consumer that doesn't have to pay. Then the lender doesn't have to pay Fannie Mae either. And then Fannie Mae doesn't have to pay your 401 cakes. And I tell you what, John, the interest that goes to Fannie, goes to Fannie Mae that interest goes into your pension fund. That interest that gets paid, that goes into the insurance company's reserves. That money goes into your 401k and your bond fund. And if that money's not coming in, then your bond values go to zero. If you, you, you give someone the right to stop paying in a credit cycle, the people that pay a mortgage, the interest goes to a lender. The lender forwards most of it to Fannie Mae. The Fannie Mae sends the money to your 401k. Your 401, you keep putting money in your 401k to get a return. That's how it works. If someone stops paying, then the whole cycle stops. I'm telling you within three weeks, if this is not reversed, half the lenders in the country will be out of business because the lenders are the ones paying the consumer's mortgage payment, and they're the ones who give the people the money. Okay, so let me it's tell you what this nonsense right now. They are putting half of the lenders in the country out of business in six weeks. That's what you're seeing before your eyes, and they are not coming back. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that. And for you know, for everybody out there thinking he's exaggerating, this guy does not exaggerate. He tells you like it is. That's why he's the. That's why he's the best. Let me read you this article, Kevin. This is um, mortgage payments and foreclosures in New York will be suspended for 90-day period in light of the coronavirus pandemic. In a press conference from Albany, 
uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced a number of steps to uh, depend the financial impact of the public health crisis. Mortgage payments will be, my computer just went up, (laughs) but I, I hear everything you're saying, and there has to be a balance out, and if I agree with you. If we don't have to make our mortgage payments, you shouldn't have to make your payments to Fannie Mae. If listen, if the government said, "Hey, Fannie Mae is not going to expect payments from the servicers," because if the servicer doesn't send the payment to Fannie Mae, then the Fannie Mae seizes the loans and the asset back, then the lenders are out of business. If they don't give Fannie Mae, did not give that creed. They did not give. They're the ones on the notes, not the governor of New York, not the governor of New York. And so if Fannie Mae did not give that approval, and if they're only doing it for one state, well, that's a problem. And I don't think they're doing it. I think, I think Fannie Mae has to give the approval. But then your 401k also has to says, say, we don't expect you're ever going to make this interest payment on your bond funds. Your pension funds are, that are going to collapse and then say, you don't need to pay us the interest. It was the COVID. Okay, that's fine. As long as everyone in the credit cycle realizes that no one's going to get paid and there's not going to be any mortgages written. Then we're all good. Everything's good. This is good. This is a good solution for us. Otherwise, there has to be legislation written that says lenders don't have to write their asset values down to zero when consumers aren't paying during COVID. The asset value that was on the books before COVID started, that's the asset value of the books until six months from now when they're going to be repriced. In the meantime, since there isn't legislation written and lenders can't make up their own legislation guidelines – they have to go by what the regulators have on the books. And if they don't do that, then they're committing fraud. So you have government making decisions. They're, they're, overriding, they're overriding contract law by decree without them being on the note that's been written. That's like them coming in and saying, we're going to give this neighbor's house to this neighbor because it's a government emergency. Where, hey, you get, you get to have their house. Let me ask you a question. What if they took the three months of mortgage payments that's not made and put them at the end of the note? Would that help at all? That's what they have to do, but the paperwork isn't in writing yet, and they don't know how it's going to be written on their books yet. They don't know how, No one's given them guidelines. Of One, they don't know how many are going to default. So let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. I told you earlier that a lender – is to keep $500 a year on, on a servicer does on the interest on the mortgage that you're paying. Where are the rates at? Three, six, nine, or two. If that loan's going to Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae keeps the rest. The rest of the interest goes to your 401k and your pension fund who invested in the mortgage bonds. Okay? The lender gets to keep $500. If you don't make your payment, then the lender has to forward the principal and the interest to Fannie Mae, or Fannie Mae seizes the loan from them. Okay. So if Fannie Mae is going to seize the principal on interest, or they demand the principal interest, if they're only making $500 a year on a loan, total revenue, that's before they got to pay for staff, computers, desks, phones, electricity, everything else. If they're going to make $500 a year total, but then they have to pay out $1,500 for the mortgage payment before the payment on to Fannie Mae, they've spent three times their yearly earnings in one month. Three times your yearly earnings have to be forward to Fannie Mae, what they're going to make on that loan. How long do you think that cash is going to last if 30% of the people are expected to get a forbearance on their mortgage? If they have to pay 
three times their annual earnings on 30% of the mortgages, then 90% of their annual earnings are going to go out in one month. Let's take that over two months. 90% of their annual earnings are gone. Now it's 180% of their annual earnings have gone out the door to pay consumers' mortgages for them over two months. Do you think that lender has cash to do that? How long are they going to wait for the Fed to get the money from the Fed? How long are they going to wait? Just what's happening is mortgage, mortgage programs are collapsing. Jumbo loans have disappeared. FHA loans below the, below the scores of 640. VA loans below the scores of 640. Non-QM loans, they've all disappeared in a matter of 10 days. And if they don't get this thing turned around quick or get something for these lenders to be able to be liquid, because they're all spending margin calls right now, and the business is 1,000 times its normal, so they have to spend 1,000 times their normal margin calls. So sending out margin calls and paying people's payments for them. Half the lenders will be out of business within, by the end of April. Half the lenders in the country will be gone. And you know who's going to be here? The big banks will be bigger. They're going to get bailed out. They're right now hoarding all the revenue in the industry for themselves because they don't know what to expect either. So if a gas station is going to charge you $15 a gallon, is it because they're afraid of the future or they're gouging? Which one is it? Well, if the bank can keep all the revenue and all the loans that are being sold because they're afraid, are they gouging or are they just preparing for the future? You tell me. What's going to happen is you're going to have the big banks remaining. They're going to take a year and a half to close your mortgage. And they're going to get bailed out. And so that's what's happening in the mortgage world today. And that is real. So that is, is that true. what you, if anyone is that what you think is going to happen? You can either tell me I'm full of it or, or if I'm wrong. No, right, not at all. I would never <laughs> tell you that. I've known you over 13 years, and you're nothing but the most honest person I know and the most knowledgeable person I know about the financial and mortgages. And I remember having the conversation with you that, the economy is going to crash when all these people on these arm loans can't make their payments all at once. <laughs> it's going to come crashing down. And what happened when we were at KLIF? Boom. That's what happened. Nobody you can believed go it. On Google. You can go on Google right now and just pull up articles on the collapse of the mortgage market. <laughs> I'm sure you'll see 10 pull up that you can read. And it'll explain to you everything I've just explained in a finer detail. Maybe not as many much layman's terms as I've explained it, but if you stop, well, let me say this: I don't think that the mortgage industry, and they haven't changed contract law, then, or auditing law, or regulatory law. If they haven't changed those laws, the banks have to write all this stuff off and down. Right, guys. If you're just joining us, this is John Hollywood of All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we have the pleasure and a special guest of Kevin Miller, president of TexasLending.com, bringing the reality to your ears of what is going on in the mortgage company. You know, you know Kevin, what I do have a question. It's funny, man. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, what what'd you say? Oh, it's, it's funny, man. In 2008, everyone blamed the lenders for destroying the economy. Now we're destroying it by decree. It's unbelievable what's happening right now. So what could the government do to save the mortgage industry just like they saved the car industry, the big banks that are never too big to fail? What could they do? What steps could they take? They already took $2 trillion that is just basically a slush fund. What what could they do? Well, for the mortgage industry, I I don't know. I I think that the the damage is being done more daily by the government. 
I want to say the government, the state governments are making these decrees without being part of, you know, mortgage, part of the note, part of the contract. They're making decrees telling people to stop making your mortgage payment. I mean, some people can make their mortgage payment. And they're just deciding, here's the other thing. When a lender, John, makes a loan, we're actually, there's lenders making loans. And it's the day after the loan is made, the consumers are calling and say, I'm not going to pay that. Screw you. You guys deal with it. That's what's going on in the mortgage business right now. So some people can pay and they're not paying. Some people are like, hey, I don't want to make my pay. The government said I'm going to pay. Okay, then the lenders are all out of business. Because if you don't make the payment, then the lender's got to make the payment. And if they don't make the payment, the lender's got to buy the loan back. Well, you'll be happy to hear the this. Have to buy, they, have to buy, they have to buy the loan back. If they a friend of mine. Their first payment, yeah, it's automatic foreclosure. And they go, well, it's because of COVID. Well, if the lender sends out $70 million of loans on credit and then sells them to Fannie Mae, who can then disperse it into your pension fund. If a lender is on credit and sells the loans, and then they got to buy $5 million of loans back, they're out of business in three weeks. Well, I know several of my friends that don't have to make their – because, by the way, I just looked this up under Judge Clay Jenkins' order. It's in there that you don't have to make your payments, utility rents, mortgages for 90 days. The city of Dallas is not on the contract with Fannie Mae. I realize that. the law says that they don't have to make their payments. But the lenders do. The lenders exactly. don't have the cash to pay your payments for you. And but several no, of my friends no are going to pay their mortgage. That's what I was trying to say is that a lot of people – most people are going to take advantage of this because Americans are just lazy. Sorry, I'm just going to say it. If they're given something, they're going to take it and run it, and they're going to take advantage of it as they can. But several of my friends told me, I don't care. This is going to have to be paid one way or the other. So I'm going to continue to make my mortgage payment as long as I can. Do you? They're basically. They're basically. They're having you all step one step at a time with blindfolds on, into a government-controlled economy. Because every lender is going to go out of business. That's what's going to happen if this doesn't turn around within three weeks by the end of April. Lenders don't have the money to spend to pay your mortgage payment for you. Oh, they can borrow it from the Fed. How long do you think it's going to take them to get that money from the Fed? Three days? They don't have the cash to pay your mortgage payment for you. And so, by, so you know, oh, COVID says it, you don't have to, but they didn't change contract law. In they the didn't stimulus change regulatory law. In the stimulus package that they're doing, since the uh, – Steve Mnuchin, whatever the hell his top, he's the Treasury Secretary. Is he acting secretary or the true secretary? I can't keep track anymore. He's secretary. Okay. So does he have the authority to say that you guys don't have to pay Fannie Mae? As long as they have the authority to say that Fannie Mae is not going to come and seize the asset, as long as they say that Fannie Mae doesn't have to forward the interest on your bond fund, as long as they say that the asset doesn't have to be written down on your books, the, 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 the bank doesn't have to write down the asset to a lower value and reduce their assets or reduce their credit line. As long as they do all that, you can't, you, you can't just stop one thing in the credit cycle and have the rest of the credit cycle work. You can't just say, okay, everyone just stop paying your mortgage payment. Now that works. That'll be great. That doesn't know how it works. There's banks that have to forward the cash. They don't have the cash. They don't have your mortgage payment for you. 
Hmm. So, so if you're going to have 10 to 30% of the people default in their mortgage, I'm going to have to send three times their annual earnings out over two months to pay your payments for you before they get reimbursed by the Fed. How are they going to pay their employees if all the money is going to pay your mortgage payment? If they don't have cash, how do they have I, I don't think they're lines. thinking that, you know, for one thing, that's one thing comes from having a president that doesn't know what he's doing. And he has a staff pretty much that doesn't know what he's doing either. He thinks he can throw money at anything. It's not his own money. I mean, two trillion dollars in the stimulus package. I wouldn't separate one politician from the other. Of course. There, there I'm are saying the government. You haven't heard me say at, 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 at the government takeover of the entire economy. Are you kidding me? That's what you think headed. That's where you think it's headed. If you shut down a whole economy and everyone goes out of business and they have no more cash, people are writing these things on means. What restaurant are you going to go to when this thing opens back up? The restaurants won't be there. One of my family members owns a restaurant. They're getting. They're trying to get that that payroll recovery thing. But a lot of these people are, on, are already closing up shops, cutting them down. I already know a couple of these companies are already gone. Big ones, gone. They ran out of cash paying margin calls. No more cash, gone. Because of the Federal Reserve bought the loans too fast. They bought more loans than the, than the, the industry was able to service. They drove the rates down so fast. The industry had to pay margin calls to keep the loans float, keep the loans that they locked floated, and then it ran every lender out of cash. The Fed did that. That's not our government. That's a private institution. They're unregulated. They made every lender go through all their cash to make margin calls and the locks for all these hundred percent increase in loans that went on last month. Instead of just Instead of just having, we don't even. And here, that's the problem is, if the Fed didn't buy the bonds, there was no one to buy the bonds because no one's investing in mortgages. Well, this is my no thought. One's pay them. If no one's going to pay your mortgage, why would you invest in a mortgage? If if the American dream is to own a home, why would they not be taking these kind of things into consideration? Now, I know the obvious reason, but. If you believe that all what? politicians believe in the American dream and or are concerned with you having a dream at all, you're sadly you know, mistaken. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> here's, my on, here's my view on the government in general. You know what Munchausen, Munchausen syndrome is, right? Yes, sir. Munchausen syndrome, when, when you pretend like you're sick so you can get attention, right? You said, oh, I need more. I need – look at – I'm – you know, I am – Look what's been done to me, and oh, give me some attention. That's about 50% of America, okay? Then you have Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is the caregiver keeps you sick. They keep you sick so they can have attention all the time. That's what politicians are. They keep America sick all the time. They keep us sick so they can have attention and have the cameras pointing at them. They keep you sick, feeling sick all the time, sick about this politician, sick about, sick about how you're sick. Oh, you want and you have Munchausen syndrome, so you want the attention because you have Munchausen. You want you want people to know you're sick, so you all walk around and say you're more of a victim than the other victim, and then they say, well, we're here to serve more victims. So you bunch have a bunch of psychopaths with Munchausen syndrome by proxy managing people with Munchausen syndrome. 
That's what our whole that's how half of our country is like these days. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, just look at what's going on. You don't think they want to certain people don't want to keep people sick? You don't think certain people don't want to have this continue to go on and have the economy collapse? You don't think certain people in government don't want that to happen? Sadly, I agree with you. <laughs> and so and so, you know, they all have different levels of look at me, look at me, look at me. I care for you, and and look, I'm taking care of you, and you need me. You need me to take care of you. And then they keep you sick. They feed you a little bit more rat poison. And they come back and they say, look, let me feed you, let me feed you, and and it's a never-ending cycle. Or the people say, feed me, feed me, I'm sick, and so it's a never-ending cycle. <laughs> and so I don't know how we get out of this one, unless we get back to work within two weeks. Is it Unless two weeks or three weeks? I don't care. Well, by the end of the month, like I said, half the lenders will be gone. Lenders are selling loans at a loss right now. Lenders go out there and expect to be paid 3% on a loan when they sell it to a servicer. You say, why do they sell it for 3% to a servicer? Well, the servicer expects to make a quarter percent per year for the next seven or eight years. So they're going to make a profit. And so they go out there to sell a loan at 3%, and when they go out to sell it, the servicers buy it at 99. It's like if you have an apple orchard. You go to some guys at the market and you say, "If I bring you a bunch of apples, what will you buy them for me? From me for? I'll buy them for four dollars a bushel. Great. You go back, you do your math, you say I can produce these apples at three dollars a bushel. I'll make a dollar profit. I'll hire a lot of people. I'll water the apples. I'll plant the out. You know, I'll do all that. And then you do all that." You have your $3 a bushel that you put into it, and then you go to sell it to the market, and the market has promised you to pay you four, and they pay you one. That is what's going on in the mortgage world today. When did the Fed buy up all mortgage. these loans? Two weeks ago. Wow. That is it a, started two weeks that ago. That is a fucked up deal right there. This happened in, in, in two weeks. This happened... In a, in, a, in, a, in the 2008 crisis, what took between two, the end of 2006 and the end of 2008, it was like a three-year time cycle for the whole economy to implode, right? Right. Um, what, what happened in the beginning, the small pieces slowly started building up, more credit lines started getting canceled, all this stuff ha- happened over two and a half to three years. Um, what took two and a half to three years – um, took five days to create by the Fed and the people in the governors, just everyone deciding not to make their mortgage. Not deciding. People can't make the mortgage payment, but they have to change contract law, auditing law, and regulations so that the banks are going to be able to borrow money freely to be able to pay the consumers' payments for them. They've said they're going to, but they all, I don't know if they put in there how they're going to write that on their books. How do they keep that asset on their books? So they don't know this. The banks can't make up the law. They can't make up accounting law, and they're highly regulated. And so they have to go by the way the books currently are. If a consumer doesn't make their payment, regardless of the Fed says, hey, go ahead and don't make, you know, make the payment for them. We'll, we'll reimburse you. That doesn't change the fact of all the other regulations that are in place. They put so many regulations from the government on us that when you change one thing, you just say, oh, that, that, all the other things they put in place are slowly suffocating the industry. Have so, you reached out to anyone in the government by email, contacting any way to ask them what do you do in your industry? 
Well, the first thing I tried to do is sign up for this payroll thing, this payroll thing that came out, you know, for people that have under 500 employees. You know, that's the first thing we did. And, of course, that was a jumbled mess. And uh, one of the large banks that we – they said they have over 330,000 applications that came in over two days, and it collapsed their system. And and so we couldn't get – you know – and so that's kind of that's that's what's happening there. And of course, they delayed this thing for a week. And when they delayed that for what happened, the whole well, you know what really happened. This is what started the whole cascade, the whole cascade of the industry collapsing. They signed that CARE Act on a Friday. I think it was a week ago, Friday. Well, they were expected to sign that thing the prior weekend. Okay, the industry was moving forward. People were betting on the come. They were still betting that things were going to turn around. They were betting that these, this act was going to get signed, that they were going to have some guidance on how they're going to be able to pay these payments when the consumers don't pay. They, the industry thought, this is what we have coming our way. We, they're going to sign this thing this weekend, and all will be good. Well, lo and behold, Pelosi gets back from smoking a joint or whatever she was doing. Well, we're not going to sign this. You know what happened Monday morning? The mortgage market collapsed because no one knew. They had no guidance. There was nothing in writing that said that the Federal Reserve was going to make their payments for them. There was nothing in writing in contract law that said they are going to be forgiven. None of that was in place, so lenders immediately discounted buying loans at about 3 to 4% of the price of the loan. And suddenly loans that were written, expecting to sell their bushel of apples at 4 were selling them at 1%. And the apple growers were $2 upside down on every apple that they grew. That happened over four days when they didn't sign that. that the industry was hanging on, running things as normal, expecting them to sign that. And when they delayed that for a week for their own personal reasons, it collapsed. The non-QM market went out of business in three days after that. The jumbo, the FHA programs, they all got disappeared, the ones below 640. And that's what's going on right now. By delaying that for a week, it put all the doubt in the mortgage business, and the hoarding began, and the gouging began, and certain investors started keeping all the money instead of having the credit cycle work as it's supposed to work. And if anyone can tell me that I'm not speaking the gospel on this, you guys either don't know what's going on or or you know exactly what I'm talking about in the mortgage business. Yeah, I know. What you're saying, what you're preaching, Kevin, is the truth. This was my idea, and I did send this to the White House. Instead of sending any money to consumers, if you're telling them not to pay their mortgages, send that money to the mortgage companies. Send that money to the utility companies. You know, instead of sending a blank check to someone that can go cash and use it on drugs or anything else that it's not supposed to be used for, you don't just give people money, a blank check, or, you know, $1,200. Well, That's a lot of money, money. that, that here's, could here's, actually here's, go here's, towards here's, mortgages and stuff. Of course, we've received no response this, from the White House. This is everyone's indoctrination to socialism, okay? I'm just going to tell you now. You all want to give up your $5,000 a month job so that the government can vote on to give you $1,000 once. You want to give up your $5,000 a month job so the government gets to be the one that keeps their job 
and decides how much they're going to send you. If you did, I think they did the math. I think if the government had sent everyone 5,000, every worker, let's call it 160 million workers, if they sent every worker $5,000, it would have been $800 billion. 160 million times 5,000, I believe, is 800 billion. Everyone, wow. So, That's not two trillion. So well, if you did 160 million times 10,000, I believe it's 1.6 trillion. Still less than the bill that they sent out. Exactly. So, which one would have kept the mortgages getting paid? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I picked door number one. Here, here's the problem with that is, is you know, the rent for it's not just mortgage lenders. It's it's uh, residential and it's commercial lenders. When people aren't going to pay rent for their building, those commercial lenders. They get loans from banks for your lease. So they go out there and they buy this building and then they go – they take your lease and it says, hey, look, this lease is over a five-year term. It has this much value to it. They get to borrow money from the bank based on the accrued value of that lease over time, right? Well, if you stop paying on that lease, then bad things happen when, you, the, when the commercial lenders don't pay the banks for the loans. Then buildings start getting closed up, right? Again, when you stop one person paying in the credit cycle, then the rest of the credit cycle collapses. There's no one else telling you that you're going to get your it, that you're going to get your money in your bond fund, right? Unless, like the Fed is going to be sending money to these, supposed to be sending money. The servicers have to go say, "Hey, I'm servicing these loans. These, if the lender has to buy back ten loans because ten clients didn't pay their first payment." And that could be 2.5 to 3 million, and with an average loan size of 250 to 300,000. So if you're getting these purchase loans or refinances in, 10 people decide not to pay their mortgage. The lender has to buy back the loan from Fannie Mae because they didn't pay their first payment. Okay, that's the rule. So you have to, no, there's no rule that went out there and said if the consumer doesn't make their first payment, then lenders don't have to buy the loan back. They didn't put that in. The, that's not part of. It's not part of the law. There's no. There's but no what if they did that. say that you didn't have that Fannie Mae just gave the loan back and they did not charge anything for it? Is that possible? Well, if the, if the lenders didn't have to buy the loans back, or if the lenders didn't have to write their assets down, then the industry could continue to function. But that's not part of the CARE Act. So, the, the contracts between lenders and servicers say that if the first payment isn't made, regardless, then you got to buy the loan back. And so that news came out today from one of the large servicers, one of the largest in the country, said if the consumer doesn't pay their first payment before the loan is sold and or if they ask for a forbearance within 15 days of us taking on the servicing, you have to buy the loan back. Well, do that for 10 loans, and lenders are out of business. They don't, they're not banks. They don't service loans. That's why they, they write loans because they can provide a service to the industry faster, quicker, sometimes most times cheaper because they don't have the, all the overhead of a bank. And then, they, they, then the banks can just take on the servicing without having to have a whole staff to do it. And so you know, when you decide suddenly that you're going to take these lenders and make them buy loans back, the whole reason of Fannie Mae, the whole reason of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac it's a free up capital for lenders to go out there and do loans. And so Fannie Mae was an outlet for lenders to sell their loans. Fannie Mae did the job of selling the bonds. That's what Fannie Mae does. They do the bond they do the bond selling. They sell it to your pension, your four oh one K insurance funds, corporations. They sell it to large corporations, they sell it to governments, they sell it to whole uh, countries. And the countries invest in these things. And if you're gonna go out there 
and you, that's what their job is to buy these and provide liquidity. And suddenly you say that all lenders buy all the loans back. <laughs> You've destroyed the whole mortgage market in, a, in 30 days. So what can <laughs> what can our listeners do to help to help your industry? Is there anything really? Well, well, you know, listen. The, 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 if people have a job still and they have the ability to make their mortgage, they need to do it. I agree. Um, you know, and so it'd be like at the end of the meal, if half the people just got to walk up, get up, and walk away from the restaurant, the restaurant will go out of business. Right. You know, and so if you have the ability to pay and you're on a contract to do it. Then you should be doing it, or you get to pay it off faster um, it, over time. You can always refinance. The loans are st- lenders are still betting that this is somehow. There's no other way for lenders. To, the lenders can't do anything else other than continue to work. They have to continue to work because they're either going to get put out of business by the government, the Federal Reserve, and the big banks' actions that they're taking, or by doing what they're doing now. And or the industry is going to turn around, and they're going to be able to make it. But if they stop writing loans, they're out of business. If they send their people home, they're not writing any business. And if they so right now the mortgage industry is saying, well, just like everybody else, if this doesn't turn around, my restaurant's done. You know. I would so, just think that they would think that the mortgage industry is just as big as the <coughs> auto industry. The two banks too big to fail, oh, and I just think you would be confined into the stimulus the government only care, The government only cares about Goldman, Bank of America, Chase City Wells, and they bailed we out Capital out. One this week because Capital One made a bad bet on oil, and they already got bailed out by the, by the Fed for making a horrible decision. They made the horrible decision, lost billions. They were going to have a liquidity problem. They got bailed out already. They've already been bailed out this week. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Not Capital so, One. No one else is going to get bailed out. <laughs> no That's one else crazy. but the big guys. But they get bigger. And they're the ones well, that are hoarding it. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> you are definitely fun. a reality check today. And I appreciate it. Is there anything I'm the that apple you. I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm, the, I'm the apple grower out here. The big banks are Tom Thumb. We grew the apples. We expected to sell them. They said, here's the price you can sell them at. We went to sell the apples. Everyone, This happened to everyone in the industry in the last month. And they all said, we'll pay you a dollar for the apples. That's what's going on. That's what's happening in the mortgage world. So thanks well, for having me on. I'm glad I brightened up your day. No, you've actually been a reality check to a lot of people that have been blinded by everything else that's going on. In closing... What would you like to say to America and everyone around the world? What would I like to say? I would like to say that uh, there are other solutions to come out of this thing that could have people back to work and keep people safe. And those solutions need to be listened to and they need to be taken up immediately. And so I don't, this is not, that's not my, uh, it's not part of this show, but right now, but I can just tell you that there are solutions to be had to get people back to work that have not been taken and they need to get on them pretty quickly hey kevin how about you come back next tuesday and tell us the solutions <laughs> i know well, you got them uh, you know what you i see can what tell I did you what's there? going on in the mortgage market because things are changing daily i mean every day we have a meeting and it's like a war room what came out today which lenders gone which warehouse line went down 
which credit line got cut off, what credit score just got shut out of the mortgage business. It's happening daily right now, so I'll be happy to update you. Well, we need to do something because this needs to be put front and center that there won't be a mortgage industry if they don't do something pretty quick. That's true. That is absolutely true. There's some very large services that are ready to go down, some of the largest in the country. So, uh, some of them in the top five biggest services are ready to go out of business because of this. They don't have the cash. They don't have the cash to be paying everyone's payments and then wait three months for the government to get them money. So, so you want to come back real. This is real stuff. I'll be happy to come back and give you an update. Uh-huh. Or I need to be happy to be sick. Okay, so I didn't hear anything <laughs> you just said. <laughs> oh, I was, say, I was saying I'll be happy to come back and tell you if our saviors have saved us or if they've continued to help us stay sick so that we can keep watching them on TV. Well, I know I, me for one and my listeners would be privileged if you would do that for us. And because your reality, you're the truth, you're nothing but the truth. And this has got to be very hard on you, my friend. And I'm very sorry you're going through this. I'm really worried about what's going to happen to everyone when all the lenders go out of business. I'm wondering what's going to happen to everybody else when there's no loans available. So that's what I'm concerned about. So we, you, I'll you talk to you next possibility? week. If people aren't going to pay bills, and if they can't, and they if they don't, if they got one thousand dollars to pay five thousand dollars of bills, then yeah, if people aren't paying, then credit lines get shut down, and the people that offer them go away. So hopefully, I'm uh, I'm usually I'm usually right on the line. I'm on the line here. I'm not over the line. I'm exactly on the line. So. You know, hopefully things – hopefully they come up with a solution that people feel and lang- banks and lenders feel they're going to be, be able to get back. They're going to be able to get back uh, having a normal flow of people paying their loans in a short period of time so that they don't, they don't run out of cash, hopefully. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for taking this time. I had no idea you were going to give us an hour of your time. We're so appreciative of it. We pushed all our commercials. We pushed everything, as I think you can see. I think this is very, very important. We keep this at the forefront of everything while everybody's celebrating not being able to, not having to pay their bills. I really believe that there are a lot of Americans that want to work. I know, for one, I'm going stir crazy in my house. Doesn't matter how big they your house is or wherever it is, if you're confined to this place. You feel like you're in prison. You know, it's horrible. We've all been put into this moral dilemma. Oh, you want to go to work, then you hate people. You really are a hater of people. You know, and so they make this this is the way you take over people in their mind as you make them make a moral decision. Oh, is it your brother or your sister you like the most? Which one would you rather see die first? And you're like, what kind of decision is that? <laughs> I want both of them. Well, my understanding is that if you do 14 days of no contact and everybody would just do it, then everything should start being able to move forward. But sadly, I'm hearing Donald Trump is saying June 1st. I'm hearing August 1st from my my sources in D.C. I think that people got to get sick. When I say sick, you know, most of these young people are showing symptoms. Some people are having symptoms. The young uh, people are out on the way. beach. They're on there's the beach. Be a way. It. You know, you know it, what we got to do is send every kid, high school senior, we got to send them down to 
Miami Beach, and then we stick them up in these hotels and we quarantine them for two weeks after they all get it, and then they're over it because 99.9% of them aren't going to show symptoms or are not going to are not going to have bad complications. The ones that are sick, the ones that have pre-existing conditions or asthma or other immune deficiencies, we need to take care of those people. We need to keep them at their house and give them unemployment. If, if people are low risk and, you know, as long as we keep social distancing and stuff, then I think there's a way to get the young and the healthy working at social distancing, maybe with face masks on, but back to work. And then keeping the vulnerable and the ones that are over certain ages. And I was just looking two years ago in 2018, 2019, 48% of people who were over the age of 65 who con- this is from the CDC, 48% of the people over 65 who contracted the flu died. 48%. This is from the flu. Teen season. Hmm. A million people got the flu. 464 to 90,000 were hospitalized hospitalized, not just contracted it, and you had some, I think, 40,000 people died of the flu, and 48% of the people over the age of 65 died, 0.1% of the people under 12 died. We still 0.1% of the people under the age of 20 dying from this. 0.1% of those people are already sick, most of them, you know. Well, I mean, so I think what we need to do I've heard, is I've heard somehow, people like, like ABC News say, just assume or... everybody has it. Just assume everybody has it and quarantine yep. yourself for 14 days. You're not going to make it go away. You're going to have to get enough people to get it that get over it so they can't pass it on. And, you know, that's something you know, that all you need to know radio does is we report the recovery cases. We And, you know – of course, we do re- report the deaths and the cases that, that there are, but we also report the number that has recovered, and that's on our Facebook page on all our social media. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on today. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'll give you a call a little bit later tonight, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail because I really, really feel like this is something we need to try to do as long as you're willing to keep it at the forefront because if we don't, we're not going to have mortgages. We're not going to have a mortgage industry, and I think we really need it. You're not going to have one over the 30 days after them will be gone. All right, my friend. So, we'll talk to you soon. Right. Thank you again. Thanks. Take care. We'll see you. All right, guys. That was a very good friend of mine, if you guys can't tell. I've known him about 13 years. He is the president of TexasLending.com. We've got him. He's on every television station, every radio station. He was on WBAP with me. He was on KLIF with me. He is the leader in this industry. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're very hopeful to have almost our uh, constitutional attorney to talk about the coronavirus. So uh, this is All You Need to Know Radio and your host, John Hollywood. Don't forget to follow us on all social media We reach about 500,000 worldwide. So welcome to another segment. Got about 15 more minutes to the show. And this is Words Got in the Way from the movie Country Strong. We'll be right back.
singing what they were thinking out loud. We go together. No, 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 not right now. I shouldn't have told you. I shouldn't tell anyone. Two years ago, mortgage rates were between 55 and 6%. Do you know right now mortgage rates are nearly half of that? You can call TexasFunding.com and may be able to drop your mortgage rate in half. Call 972-387-4600 or go online and apply with TexasFunding.com. If you save just 1% on a $240,000 mortgage loan, you may save up to $200 every month in interest. Apply that savings towards your mortgage Pay it off faster. Call TexasFunding.com today, 972-387-4600. We've won the Consumer's Choice Award for the last 13 years. Call right now. Talk with a live person for a free quote, 972-387-4600, TexasLending.com. When you think Forty one hundred Alpha Road, Suite three hundred, Dallas, Texas, seven five two four four. And MLS number one three seven 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 three. Equal housing lender. And welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. And uh, we've got about 10 more minutes left on our show. And I wanted to uh, go ahead and talk about the coronavirus. Once again, we want to thank Kevin Miller, the president of TexasLending.com, for bringing some realistic life about what's going on. 
You know, the government is not thinking about anybody but themselves, and it's becoming very apparent. Today, Donald Trump, I hate saying his name, but so let's give him, let's say his entire name. Impeached for life, Donald John Trump. Fired the guy that is over <laughs> the stimulus package. He's supposed to be the one that, that oversees that making sure that money doesn't go to the wrong people. And it's unbelievably stupid how people don't get it. They really just don't get it. It's just sad. And um, so Kevin Miller has decided that he will come back with us next week. Hopefully we're going to get almost on today's show, but he was in a meeting. And, um, you know, he does have a job. That's why he's the best at what he does. So um, I want to give you some uh, some really good breaking news, actually. So uh, let's uh, do that real quick. And uh, stand by, because I think you're going to be very, very excited. I was excited when I saw it. I wanted to do some research before I actually did it. But here we go. All right, so CNN is reporting that top public health officials say the number of dead could be lower as Americans practice social and physical distancing, which means people are listening. That's good, Uh, considering that Kevin Miller says that if we don't get this under control pretty quick, uh, the mortgage industry is going to be gone. You won't be able to get a mortgage except through the government. Imagine that. God. It says CNN reports a week after unveiling a stunning projection for the number of people who would die from the coronavirus in the U.S. It was between 100,000 to 240,000. Today, officials say these numbers could be lower because consumers and Americans are actually adhering to what the government is asking them to do. Now, let's make sure that everybody understands this is not Donald Trump. This is Dr. Burke, and this is uh, Dr. Fauci, which I cannot say his name. You know, we put a statement on our Facebook page and all our social media last week that we were no longer going to put any video of Donald Trump on any of our social media. So I personally videotape daily corona updates, and I cut Donald Trump's part out of every single one of them. And I can't tell you what a sigh and relief that we're not promoting the most devilish liar-in-chief that walks this earth. So in saying that, you know, it's important that we all – Continue doing what we're doing. It's important that we um, wear. It's going back and forth about whether you should wear a mask or not. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that um, I had a very sad event happen. In fact, this show is dedicated to my friend. I haven't said his name on Facebook or any social media, but I'm going to say it right now. 
His name was Rick Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y. And I found out by going to his house that he had passed away over a month ago. No one called me. No one did anything. Very, very disappointed in a lot of people. And you know who you are. Rick, we miss you. I know that you passed with your friends and family around you, and I know that you're now with Freddie, your partner of 30 years, who died about a year and a half ago. But this show is dedicated to Rick Purdy, and um, I know you're shining down on us from heaven, my friend. I miss and love you very, very much. That was harder than I thought it was going to be. But that's how life works. And uh, with me... I don't know if you guys have realized this. There's no secrets. What you see is what you get. We'll be right back. you really don't understand paying a bill that can be more of a shock than getting struck by lightning think about it you don't even know what type of energy you're using or when rates inflate or when they plunge or the fact your energy provider's variable price only varies based on how much pain they think you can take before switching all of the control is with them leaving you in the dark you see The actual cost of energy goes up and down and changes every 15 minutes. And yet, your energy provider charges you the same fixed rate all the time. Now, if they set it somewhere around here, it might be an okay deal. But they set it up here, and if the price of energy drops, they pay less while you continue to pay the same fixed rate up here. Oh. And let's not forget all those little add-on fees with names you can't understand. So what you pay is oftentimes a lot more than what they pay. But we decided to change that. All of it. It's time to go gritty. Gritty connections directly to the actual price of energy, bypassing the middleman. You're charged only what it costs to produce and transport your energy. There's no confusing price plans. No markups and no fixed contracts. All you pay for is your membership fee, which costs just pennies a day. And instead of wasting time figuring out how to charge you more, we provide things that really matter, like 
the now price of energy, so you know what you're paying any time of day. The amount you've paid so far, and what we estimate you will pay for the month. On top of that, we send you these really nifty things called gritty alerts that tell you when the price of energy is really high. Are you scared yet? They say this thing, it kills your immune system, attacks your lungs, makes it hard to breathe. And it's spreading, it's spreading like wildfire, uh, causing havoc. Your friends and family are going to get it if they don't already have it. It's tragic, I tell you, madness. Scientists say old people get it worse, but most get it eventually. They say this is new, but no, 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 that this has been around for centuries. Look at history, it's just a different name, a different strain. And now there's no way to contain it. It infects the rich, poor, young, old, the unknown, the famous, it's dangerous. Everyone's on edge, locked inside of their homes nervously. Borders are closed, countries declare a state of emergency. Grocery stores are empty, nobody's praying in church. The world has gone to crap. No wonder toilet paper sold out first. The stock market crashed, thousands laid off work. Hand sanitizer is going for a million dollars a squirt. You better not sneeze, because no one's going to say God bless you. They might even arrest you. I don't mean to stress you, but washing your hands obsessively in the restroom will not protect you. Friends, I'm not talking about coronavirus. Now this is a virus even more deadly. The F-virus. You've seen it. It spreads every minute like an epidemic. It lives on surfaces, most commonly remote controls, TV screens, cellular phones. It makes you desperate. Doctors say every time you scroll down your feed, you get reinfected. It invades the brain. And when it mutates, it turns into hatred and blame. China did it. No, no, Italy did. No, no, Iran. No, Spain. Oh, I didn't make it clear. The F-virus, ladies and gentlemen, is fear. But don't be afraid. Despite what you hear or see on your TV, there is good news during this tragedy. To fight loneliness, people are performing concerts on their balconies. The UAE sent aid to Iran. Japan donated supplies to China for free. Written on them was a poem that said, We are waves from the same sea. Listen to me. Like every tragedy, we can let this destroy us. Or we can use it to our benefit and repair relationships with our sisters and brothers. Wipe away silly grudges because when it's all said and done, all we ever really had in this world was each other. So yes, let's flatten the curve and expand our hearts. Let's social distance, boost our immune systems, be mindful of where we put our hands, but also where we put our attention. Be alert, not fearful, because the F-virus is a pandemic easily transmitted. If you do contract it or exhibit symptoms, we recommend immediately dialing the hotline of a level-headed friend. If you are exposed to your TV, change the damn station. Decontaminate yourself through dance, laughter, and meditation. 2020 has been morbid. From Kobe to COVID, may we use these tragic moments to finally wake up to what's important. Right now, tell someone that you care for them. Yes, right now, tell them that you cherish them. If they are not in the same room, ring them up and tell them you will always be there for them. Because together is how we will rise above. The only vaccine for this F virus and every other virus is love. All right, guys. So that was from Jennifer Lopez's Instagram, and it was called Fear. 
And boy, I definitely agree with that right now. So let's move on. We're almost done with the show for the day. And um, here are the corona numbers, the coronavirus pandemic numbers for the day. Confirmed cases, 386,077. Deaths, 12,234. Global, 1,352,053. Global deaths. 77,852. Now, again, that number is supposed to go down because people are actually following what's going on. Real quick, uh, looks like Almost is ready to join us, my producer tells me. Good afternoon, my friend. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing, John? I tell you what. We had Kevin Miller with uh, president of TexasLending.com, and he is predicting that if the, we don't – people go back to work within three weeks, the mortgage industry will cease to exist. Hmm. What do you think of that? I mean, the um, economics of this shutdown are challenging for many different industries, banking um, and finance among them, real estate, certainly. I know you know that I regularly represent um, individuals in real property matters, and um, landlords are getting killed right now because their tenants are getting ki- are getting laid off. Um, and uh, you know and what's a, really interesting is there's a, there's a, the, the, the 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 landlords. The uh, owners of the real estate, whether it's a multifamily apartment or a commercial, you know, strip mall, um, those owners are all leveraged. They um, get financing. They don't own them free and clear. And the banks, their promissory notes are payable whether or not the tenants are paying rent. And most of the time, the landlord sign personal guarantees. I mean, the tenants have as well, but if a tenant signs a personal guarantee for a $50,000 lease and a landlord signs a personal guarantee for a $50 million loan, then the landlord's the one who's in real trouble when every, when every tenant defaults. And, um, you know, there's a lot behind that statement, and I don't want to say that Look, banking and finance has existed for thousands of years, and it will continue to exist. A lot of people are going to lose their lunch. Right. Um, You know, and there's actually Judge Clay Jenkins, and you and I have discussed him many times, in his order Mm -hmm. of shelter in place. It even says that foreclosures, uh, evictions are all suspended. Uh, Consumers Mm -hmm. do not have to pay their utilities, their rentals, their mortgages for 90 days under his order. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was like, how can a judge overstep contract law? I'm the, the Dallas County's not in the contract. Does he have a well, point? It, it's really, really interesting. And the, concept, the theoretical concept of certainty of contract and private property rights is 
the bedrock and cornerstone of the American system of the rule of law, private agreements between you and your bank, you and your credit card company, you and your mortgage company basically govern the economy. And for the government to come in with a very heavy-handed order and basically say, by my fiat, all of those are thrown out the window for, for 90 days is um, – it's an extraordinary exercise of government authority, and it's something that doesn't happen in America very often. I would state that it happens much more frequently in other countries. Um, you know, the most obvious example is something like China, where the government is the mortgage lender and the credit lender and the banker and all that stuff. Right. What he said is that so in China ago, they will often the government came um, in and bought up all the loans. Well, they they, in, they don't even they made they were the originators of the loans. <laughs> um, right. You you see what I'm saying? It's like a very different system. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the coronavirus. So there's some good news yes, today that they're they're they are now saying that the death toll is not going to be as high as they originally thought because Americans are actually following the guidelines of sheltering in place, and they mm -hmm. are in most cases wearing masks. And the other mm -hmm. thing is the social distancing and physical distancing is working. What's your thoughts? I think it's a great thing, and I'm very, very happy to hear that Others appear to be taking this seriously. Um, I would say just my own anecdotal experience is that it feels like these last four or five days, there has been a societal sea change where even holdouts have been taking this much more seriously and really, really listening to the shelter-in-place order and wearing masks in public and things like that. Except this I idiot mayor in Florida, statistics. where he let people go on the beaches the very next day, he did the shelter-in-place order, and then he re retracted it and let hundreds of people go on the beach. Right. I think that was Georgia, and that was really stupid. Um, and that's, I think you're right. I mean, you know, that Republican governor <laughs> has changed his mind on that, is my understanding. My, my point is He's a Republican. It appears too. that some of the conspiratorial people jumping up and down saying it's a hoax, it's a hoax, they've kind of stopped doing that and are taking things seriously, and I appreciate that. Okay, um, so I've only heard I one person. I do want to say on the death statistics. <laughs> I've only heard uh, one person on say it's a hoax. Have you heard I'm more sorry. than one? What? It's Donald Trump. He's the only one that said <laughs> well, in a stadium of people. That it was a Democratic hoax. Yes, and that was back in February, and that was grossly irresponsible, and he should never have done that. Um, but what happened happened, and to your point, it appears that people are kind of taking the shelter-in-place aspect of this much more seriously in the last few days than they were a couple of months ago. And uh, hopefully that won't keep happening. I do want to make a point about the death statistics um, because I think it's important. Um, Everything you say is important. I think I've read anecdotal reports, and I think it is a reasonable assumption 
the different states and localities, hospital systems, and governments have different incentives about the reporting of deaths. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is for reasons that are not entirely clear to me, West Virginia has something like four cases where all of its surrounding states have thousands. And I think it's a reporting issue, and I think it's a testing issue, and I think it's happening for political purposes. And, you know, I agree that there appears to be a lowering, a bending of the curve where we're stopping the exponential growth of the disease through effective social distancing. But I'm also very concerned that people are dropped, that older people are dying left and right, and they're being counted as dying from pneumonia, they're being counted as dying from flu, they're being counted as dying from, you know, unspecified disease, when actually what's really going on is COVID-19, but they don't want to report it because it's bad PR. Well, that's fucking sad. I think it's happening all over the country. I think it is, too. I don't know if you heard me give the the uh, coronavirus numbers for the day. I think you came on right before that, but did you hear the numbers? I I mean I've read some news reports, but I'm sorry, sir. I've been working. No, I was I did not hear. All right. So in the United States, confirmed cases as as of today are three hundred and eighty six thousand and seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Deaths twelve thousand two hundred and thirty four. Globally, confirmed cases are 1,352,053. Deaths, 77,852. And climbing. That sounds to me like America has one-fifth of the global cases and a higher per capita than normal death rate, which leads me to the reasonable conclusion that America is undercounting its cases. Because it sounds like the death rate is higher globally, and excuse me, is lower globally than in America, but in America, the death rate is being counted by hospital deaths, and there's a bunch of people who are infected who who are not included in that statistic. What do you think about you the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson? <laughs> you think he's going to survive? He's in intensive care. He's not, he's not on a ventilator. Honestly, sir, I don't I, – I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, but I don't know, and I don't wish him ill. Exactly. It's just you don't – they don't put you in intensive care for safety. <laughs> they just don't. I, I read over my lunch break earlier today that he is not on a ventilator, which means right. he's unlikely to die like today or tomorrow. Well, so let's talk about – Presumably, he's getting on. the best medical care you can get. Oh, of course. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you're just joining us, uh, we're in our second hour. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and uh, I'm your host, John Hollywood. We have our constitutional attorney, Almost Warwinch with Warwinch and Nunn. That's joined us a little bit late, but it's actually turned out great because, man, we expected Kevin Miller to be a 10-minute segment, and it was, over, it was like over an hour. And the Cool. The, the so things did he was Kevin have a lot about. to say about um, the effects of the on the economy as to COVID? Yeah, I mean, he basically is saying that when you tell people not to make their mortgage payments, then the lenders are going to go out of business. 
there's not going to be anybody doing mortgages. And if it's somebody that had just was making their first payment, but they don't make their first payment, Freddie Mays mm-hmm. got to buy that back. Yep. There's, it's, it's really a really problematic thing to suddenly need socialism when you're set up on aggressive capitalism. And, right. um, you know, not to get overly political with it, but this goes back to the same statement I made two weeks ago and then again last week with regards to how COVID-19 is a fantastic argument for liberal policy. Um, because, you know, other countries, I'm just, for example, France, has a much better response, not just in terms of, you know, testing and the medical side of the response, but the economic side of the response is much better because they already have safety net systems in place for paid medical leave, for um, high uninsurance benefit, high unemployment benefits, for um, uh, the ability for the state to fully cover somebody's medical costs. I mean, those, if America had those three basic protections for its workers, um, healthcare, unemployment, and um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing my, my train of thought, but if America had those basic protections for its workers like they have in Europe, we would not need to have the to have the kind of um, 6 million people making unemployment claims, humongous economy, completely wrecked, you know, no lending, no, no credit cards, no banks. Like, we wouldn't need such a humongous bailout if we were organizing our economy to be, to be more fair to the worker in the first place. And, hey, how great would it have been for the president of the United States when he was notifi- notified of this coming back in November – to actually start preparing mm-hmm. for all this, like the other countries <laughs> do. I mean, we're the most you make powerful a great point. country and in the land. There was news reporting today that Peter Navarro, who's a White House advisor and economist, circulated a memorandum in the West Wing in January stating that there would be a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of deaths and humongous economic costs if we didn't start preparing. And this is Trump's appointee. This is a Trump loyalist. Peter Navarro is a Trump loyalist. And Trump ignored his own loyalists warning. I feel like Big Bird is running the country. I'm He's sorry. That's an Bird. Big Bird. I'm sorry. I, that's a personal attack. That's not fair. I know. It's, uh, the it's, other thing that happened today, by, by, by the way, is this stimulus package, $2 trillion, a huge percentage of GDP, you know, an, an enormous, enormous amount of money is going to get doled out by the federal government in a short period of time. Um, the Democrats negotiated – in charge of it. it. Correct. The inspector general, um, who was the former inspector general of the Pentagon, and knows a thing or two about managing large budgets, right? He's the inspector general of the Pentagon. He was a, an appropriate person and a and – a, He's a registered Republican, by the way. I don't know whether or not he's a Trump loyalist, but the guy is not exactly a bleeding-heart liberal. Um, And 
Trump fired him to install a loyalist because he doesn't want oversight of this $2 trillion bailout package. You just know that some of that money is going to end up in his and his friends' pockets. It's disgusting. Actually, the Democrats put a provision in there that no money goes to Trump hotels or any of Trump's businesses or his family or anything like that. That's why they fired the guy, so now they can do whatever they want. Exactly, but if the, if the inspector general is in on the take, then what is he, who's going to stop him? It's just crazy. It's, All right, almost it's challenging. Let's uh, go ahead and do your two minute, if you want to. Thank or you, if sir. You want yes, to keep sir. Talking, we keep talking. No, I've got um, several other legal matters to attend to, and I appreciate your um, respect of my time this afternoon. So, um, big picture, I continue to be very concerned with disenfranchisement and um, the feeling of the 2020 election, The something we did not talk about today, but uh, that is at the top of my mind, is the 5-4 decision by the United States Supreme Court overturning the Wisconsin Supreme Court's order um, extending absentee voting in Wisconsin for the down-ballot elections of the Democratic primary that is being held today. Right now, in the midst of a global pandemic, for electoral purposes, the Republican Supreme Court um, refused to extend absentee ballots in Wisconsin. It was disgusting. And that's more evidence to line up in the long list of evidence the the 2020 election is in jeopardy. That um, there is a reasonable likelihood that Donald Trump will do everything he can to lie, cheat, and steal, and he may decide to try to suspend it or otherwise make it almost impossible for people who will vote against him to vote against him. Um, I do like some of the Democrats' messaging. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a um, continues to be a reasonably effective leader and Adam Schiff's calling for a um, 9-11 style commission into the U.S. coronavirus response, I believe, is good political messaging. But I would like to see more um, from the Democratic leadership in explaining just quite how craven and um, foolish the American response is in comparison to other countries. So, um, I think that's been about my two minutes, and I sincerely hope that um, you and all of your listeners will work hard and stay informed and stay safe and healthy during this difficult time. And almost thank you so much for giving us your time. It's so appreciated. You know, guys, Uh we are very fortunate to have someone with this man's education, his bluntness, the way that he can explain things to you. So you don't feel like you're stupid. That's what happens a lot in the legal profession is that when when your attorney talks to you, they talk over your head, almost drops down, and he's your friend also. We greatly appreciate that. I, I try my best, and I appreciate those kind words. I really do try to speak plain language, plain English language to make sure, because this stuff isn't that complicated. Half of what they do is they try to trick you with complex words. Who is they? That's another story for another episode. Uh, I'll bid you adieu. Have a wonderful afternoon. Have a good day, almost. All right, guys, that was Almost Woolworths with Woolworths and None. Make sure that you uh, go on to their 
they have social media on uh, Instagram, Warwards and None. And uh, this is uh, how I feel the world is right now. With your host of All You Need to Know Radio. And this is Miss Britney Spears. Circus. That's what we're living in right now. And Donald Trump is the one holding the whip. God help us. everybody welcome back to all you need to know radio i am your host john hollywood that was britney spears circus she's so amazing everybody stop giving her shit go to her instagram man she is living her life so Lindsay lohan let's talk about our song pick of the week Lindsay lohan is just rising from the ashes after marrying a prince and that's worth billions of dollars and everybody thinking she was never going to be heard again. She's released two singles. One was called Xanax, and I believe it hit the top 40. Our song pick of the week tonight is Back to Me, and the album cover is absolutely deliciously gorgeous. This is Lindsay Lohan. This is our song pick of the week from All You Need to Know Radio. It's new, it's dangerous, and it's in your face. Back to me. I used to blame me when shit got crazy I can't think too much about what they say And now these Sundays got me feeling like Mondays I know I drink too much, but it's okay My life is on the brisk of pages I've been weak contagious But I'm coming back, I'm coming back to me Oh, but I know that everything changes All things turn to everybody so that was the one and only Lindsay lohan back to me and that does conclude our show for today we did a show for 90 minutes over 90 minutes we want to send a big thank you out to the president of texaslending.com kevin miller listen if you haven't heard the show if you didn't get to hear all the show we're on demand on spotify itunes google play anywhere you can listen to on-demand music or on-demand shows we're there. Listen, guys, it's a very scary time that we're living in today. You cannot trust the president of the United States. If you do, seek help. Literally, listen to the scientists, listen to the doctors, but don't listen to Trump. Trump is in this one reason, 
and that's try to to save his presidency, which is doomed. I mean, everybody's losing their job. But still, I want everybody to say and to ask yourself every single morning, what have you done to make yourself feel proud? Remember, hashtag stay home, hashtag social distancing, hashtag physical distancing equals saving lives. Good night, live from Dallas, Texas. Until next week, keep reaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you how to love or who to love or how to make your dreams come true. Good night.